Welcome to the Skyward Spiral, a self-improvement and productivity podcast. I'm David Whitechapel. I'm a fiction writer and content creator, and I'm focusing on being more productive and efficient with my time and energy. I'm really interested in self-improvement and productivity topics, and always aim to apply the best lessons I learn to my own work and practice. And my name is Brent Harris. I'm a productivity coach. And so what I do is I guide people into sustainable, high-level productivity. And we do that so that we can come into every single day knowing what our priorities are and knowing what needs to get done and executing that plan faithfully every day. In this way, we're moving most directly upon our highest path. All right, today I wanted to talk about morale. And the reason is that my morale has dipped recently. Um, It's midweek at the moment, and I didn't have a very constructive first half of the week. And I find that when when I haven't been feeling productive and there are things on my to-do list still to be done, and I feel behind on things in general, I find that as if I'm in a, a pit that I can't quite climb out of. And that's something I struggle with. And this happens to me every so often. And... I really wanted to discuss it today to so perhaps we could figure out, you know, what should people do when they're in this kind of moment of morale loss, basically, morale deficit. I, what I tend to find is that with a new week, with a with a Sunday or a Monday, I can pull myself back together and uh, reset and go back to some kind of neutral morale. But midweek, uh, I flag and I, I tend to reap the consequences of my lack of productivity earlier in the week all the way through the week. So it's sort of this compounding thing of throughout the week, I just feel more and more behind and more and more lethargic and as if I can't do the things that I have aimed to do earlier in the week. Yeah, Brent, what what do you think? Awesome. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, and I can relate to that. That's, uh, I've been through a lot of that. Uh, You know, a lot of people I speak to, they experience a similar thing. And, you know, there's a few different ways of approaching it, but probably the first one a really important thing to do is to remember to distinguish between ourselves and our personal story and so when i refer to the personal story i'm referring to the story that we tell ourselves about ourselves including you know say the past that we came from uh, what we say to ourselves about the present moment that's insufficient or incomplete or not good enough or the qualities about the present moment that make us feel like we just need to get through it and get on to the next thing and to get into the future. And, and what we do is we typically assign a lot of our wellness or like our sense of completion or the sense of like, ah, oh, finally I made it in the future. And so... When we do that, so when we create this sort of personal story for ourselves, which we all do, you know, it's, you know, everybody basically does it. Then what we do is we, we start to become hypnotized by that story. And we start to, we start to actually believe that our happiness or our fulfillment is only in the future, but not even necessarily in the future, but only on the condition that we meet all of our objectives. And so, you know, that's fine, perhaps as a source of motivation when we think, okay, like I really want to get these things done so that I can feel good about myself. But the challenge is that we start to become overly convinced that these conditions need to be met. 
And then, and then what happens is if we start falling behind on our objectives, if we start falling behind on our due dates and all the different things that we gave ourselves to do, then it feels like the window is kind of closing and it feels like we're falling behind. And that becomes really, it starts by being sort of frustrating and, and anxiety inducing and we start to get nervous and we worry a lot. And then, and then at a certain point, if it feels like it's gotten too far, then we kind of fall into dismay and failure and and then, you know, all of that starts to activate and then that can take us out until the next period of time begins. And so that's, you know, that, you know, that's why a lot of people have this sense of like, you know, it's hard to really recalibrate and reset and to, and to kind of find morale like midweek. And we need to kind of find ourselves at the beginning of the week again in order to go at it fresh. Yeah, it's it's definitely a problem I've come across numerous times and it's really something I'd, I'd like to solve. I mean, part of the... um plan behind this pot well part of the plan that i really hope for while doing this podcast is that i learn uh better ways of doing things and then i won't have these problems in the future that i'll be able to in future episodes be like oh you know episode uh three i actually got over or solved that problem um and this is definitely a uh, pernicious one that keeps arising this this you know wait oh this week is gone um now i have to wait uh till next week to kind of reset and really feel like on top of things again and I'm a bit disappointed by how influenced I am by that because I can have a really good week when I just start off on a Sunday or a Monday really well, feeling really strong, feeling really uh, capable. And I can have a really bad week when I start off feeling really behind or really uh, or letting things go or feeling like I didn't um, work hard enough early in the week and then everything is lost. This week is just a write-off. And uh, I, I, I'm a bit disappointed by how much that impacts me because I feel like every day should be a new fresh start really and my uh my goals for example my writing goals in terms of word count and editing amounts and things like that uh really they're daily goals they're things that i should targets that i should be hitting and working on every day and i'd like to have the same energy going into those things every day uh, that would be ideal and a more consistent kind of right. starting point for just getting things done um consistently uh so that that's a real struggle right right well, so then the first order of business would usually be in a situation like this. So what happens is we have layers of, of frustration built on top of themselves. So we have, it's like, okay, man, you know, here are my targets that I, you know, that I want to hit. I'm not hitting them. And that in that's, that's kind of sapping my energy and making me feel disappointed, but also I shouldn't feel disappointed about this. I should really keep my morale up. And, and so I shouldn't feel the way I'm feeling. So that's like the second layer. And then sometimes you get people who enter into spiritual circles who are like, oh no, no, I just need to, to find peace and let everything be as it is. And I need to, you know, find, you know, be present in the moment or whatever. And why am I not present in the moment? And then they add like even a third layer of suffering on top. Right. And so then you kind of, you can end up in this sort of jumbled mess of of like oh like I, I don't know what to think or how to orient myself and in, in the meantime all of our energy is just being drained and so usually the first order of business then you know suppose it's like okay here's you know like I'm losing all my energy and I'm disappointed by the fact that I'm doing it the first thing to be would be to just let to to forgive that and to just let it be as it is and to and I, you know, this is a really major theme in, in creating sustainable high-level productivity. It's to give forgiveness to ourselves, to give space and to, to let things be as they are, not necessarily forever, but at least for the time being. 
So, so to, you know, to really kind of, uh, you know, to bring this home, it's like, if, you know, if there are struggles with energy, and if you have trouble, you know, with energy management, like the first order of business is to say like, okay, wow, it appears that this is making me tired. That's okay. I can cut myself some slack for that. And it seems counterintuitive because we'd say like, well, I can't just cut myself slack because I, you know, I have shit to get done. Like I have to get there. But it's really in cutting ourselves some slack and offering ourselves a little bit of space and understanding that we can finally sort of reorient ourselves without constantly feeling like there's a fire under our ass. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so I thought we could talk a little bit about what morale is. I think it's kind of a nebulous thing. So maybe we can dive into that a little bit. Absolutely. I think for writing, uh, for, for certain creative tasks, a sense of enthusiasm and passion is very important. It's it's hard to do those things uh, when you don't have that enthusiasm. It's definitely still important to uh, cultivate a working habit that lets you do those things even when you don't have passion. For example, in writing, editing is, ne- is not a particularly fun task all the time. Sometimes it can be, but often it's a bit of a grind. It's a necessary task that's part of the general workload. And you you can be passionate about the writing project in general, but it's hard to be passionate about those individual instances of working on editing a piece. However, your general morale or your, your general enthusiasm is the thing that keeps you going uh, for the whole project. Writing and content creation is quite a, um, I would say, morale dependent task in the sense that you have to believe in the thing that you're creating, that, that it has value uh, that it is attainable and uh, that you in particular are able to meet your own criteria of uh, of creating that thing. And that does require a certain amount of morale, again, just to push you through from the moment of inception to actually being able to finish a project and uh, call it done. Right. So that's why I think this morale thing hits me quite hard. If you're doing a more mundane job that only requires, you know, mechanical uh, movement, just moving things around, doing things, not really zoning out, thinking your own thoughts. Morale isn't as necessary because to do those things doesn't require that much emotional effort or that much passion for the for the action. Right. However, in the in content creation and writing, um, fiction writing in my case, if you don't have the, I'm not one of those people who thinks that you know who believes in the muse and that inspiration is absolutely necessary to do anything. But you do need a modicum of self-belief and a sense of self-worth and the worth of the venture as a whole in order to make these things happen. So I think in what I do in particular, morale is very important, uh, where morale covers those aspects of enthusiasm and passion and self-belief. Fair enough. Well, you know what? I I may even say that you could almost say that morale is not nearly as necessary as clarity of the objective. And so I'll explain what I mean. So, you know, for example, you know, in your case, David, like you're, you're a writer and that was, I guess, okay. My first of all, my question would be like, was that a choice that you made or do you feel like it was chosen for you? Like, do you feel like you just kind of came out of the factory as a writer? Oh no, I, I think I chose it. Yeah. I think I chose it. Interesting. Okay. And now having chosen it, do you have, like, do you ha- do you feel dubious at all about your role as a, as an author? Like, for example, like, do you ever, 
you know, feel tempted to put it down and pick up some other profession. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so let me come back to the previous question as well. I, when I say I chose it, um, I, I chose it because I was doing something dramatically different before. I used to be a mathematician, basically, and then I decided to go into fiction writing. And mm. I chose, but I didn't choose it just randomly. Oh, I'm going to do this thing. I do think that I have talent in it. I do think I have ability in it. So it is a choice and a passion, but it is also based off my feeling that I ha it's something I can do well. Fair enough. Okay, yes. So when it comes to morale, you know, it's similar to this problem of motivation, right? Because like, there's so many people out there that just, you know, they, they know what they need to do, but there's they just can't summon the motivation to do it. And, and when it comes to doing things that require a lot of emotional energy, as you were talking about, and when, when we need to do things that require us to come out of our comfort zone or to do things that are difficult or to kind of move into unknown territory where we don't necessarily know what we're doing and we're not even necessarily sure that what we're doing is right which can be really debilitating for a lot of people it's like you're you know perhaps you might be writing something and you're like say 500 words in it's like i don't even know if i'm going to keep the section at all or, you know, there are people who may be starting a business and it's like, I might be doing this and it's going to be a total flop and I'm going to work on this for a whole year. And in the end, it might not even actually work out. It might be a total failure. It can be very difficult to have the appropriate amount of morale to, to go ahead and do the thing. And so what's helpful is to have a plan to create some kind of a plan that's good enough or to create an objective that's good enough that you can look at it and say, okay, this is what I'm going to do and then commit to it in order to have in, to replace the sense of morale. So to instead to, instead of needing all of this emotional energy and all of this motivation and, and using all of this willpower to get something done, which is a really unsustainable way of going about this kind of thing, it's better to have a plan that we believe in, the best possible plan that we can come up with and the best possible objective for the day. So like, here's what I need to do today. And to really make up our minds that the that to not do this objective, to not do this one thing means that there's no movement forward along our skyward spiral to bring that name in. Yeah. And I think when, I think in almost any kind of profession or activity, a degree of morale is very important. Um, they, this is something that uh, businesses talk about for their employees this is something that, of course, armies talk about with their soldiers. Um, like this is a, you know, translating the military concept of morale uh, even even sort of makes sense in one's own personal life of you know battles and strategies. I think that as a as a general concept, it is this underlying thing that is very important. So when I find myself flagging in the middle of a week, say, or uh, in the middle of a project, I guess what I'm really looking for is. Uh, are ways to replenish and bring back that sense of morale, enthusiasm, determination, self-belief, etc. that I had at the beginning of a project or beginning of the week or whenever. Right. And um, I found that a way to do that is to imagine myself at a new beginning, to really feel like I'm refreshing, refreshing the stakes, uh, starting off fresh and, and new and feeling positive about that fresh start and we were actually talking off air uh brent about uh, something similar brent is a coach he's not always going to be coaching me on the podcast and, and things like that but mm -hmm. there is an element of 
I'm someone who is looking for advice on these things. And Brent, as a coach, often has advice on these things. And something that I thought you did really well several times in the past is you ask me why uh, why I'm not doing a thing or if I can locate the core of my difficulty with something. Right, yes. And in this case, if you were to ask me why am I not working on my... I mean, I can tell you, with my writing project right now, I have an edit to do, which just involves something very simple, which is just um, deleting a few references that I want to remove until to, till later. And I want to write some new content, which involves editing and... Um, writing fresh prose for uh, a few new chapters. Those are things that I know in my head, those are the next things to do. Uh, why am I not doing them? Not really, it's not really very clear to me. It's 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 funny. I, I think I can just do them, but the morale thing is, the, is not, it's not that I look at those things and I, I say, oh, I don't want to do that now, or I don't, I don't feel like it, or it's too difficult. It's more like, oh, well... I this I I can just feel like I'm not going to do it today almost like it's like I've given up on the idea of completing those tasks now because my morale is so low. I was going to ask what do you think it is about because like there's certain tasks you know that we do not need morale for like so say like to you know hop on Reddit or watch a YouTube video or you know to make some food or brush your teeth it's not we don't need morale for that. So like, you know, what do you think it is about a task like this that requires morale? That's a good question. I want to bring in something else, um, which is probably relevant to the discussion. And it's something I do okay. want to talk about on this podcast, uh, which is that I have suffered in the past with um, major depression and I'm currently medicated for that. So I, thankfully, um, and very gratefully, I don't suffer from that anymore. However, depression and similar um, mental health concerns are a huge morale sucker. You know, they, they just take away your uh, morale for anything, for, for, you know, going about a normal day. And even for those things that you just mentioned, brushing your teeth, etc. Funnily enough, it, it removes even the morale for those very, very simple things. And I wonder if some elements of me managing my depression from over a year ago, before, before I was, uh, had medication for it, uh, have, have now um, impinged on my life today in that I get these sort of deficits of morale where even these fairly simple things are not so easy to summon up the energy to do. Interesting. Well, do you ever try in a moment like that, do you ever try just withdrawing from your personal story? Could you explain that more? Yes. Yes, I can. So what I found, because like I also in my life, as I mentioned to you, David, I also had uh, a really intense depression and it was really debilitating for me. And and, uh, you know, it involved me like for several months being essentially useless and just not able to, you know, barely able to get out of bed, barely able to take care of myself, you know, just relying on my girlfriend to take care of us both, you know, while I was going through this. And, you know, that was that was pretty terrible as well. And and um, and looking back on it, like what caused all of this depression to me, what what just really took me out of commission so much was this sense of. There's so much shit that I should be doing and I don't seem to be able to do it. I don't seem to have the wherewithal to do what I need to do. And so then I would have like on one hand, all of these expectations and, and a sense of anger behind them. It's like, well, what the hell, Brent? You know, come on, like, just do this one thing. You know, what's wrong with you? Look at all this stuff that's falling apart. And, and so having that element, but just not being able to make good, like not being able to actually follow through on any of these expectations and, and it was that disconnect that just 
caused me to short circuit my brain and just like all of my energy just got lost in the friction. And so that, you know, that, that's kind of where I was at. And, and what I really, it was, it was so interesting because what represented a very important turning point in my own depression coming out of it in the healing and recovery phase was um, like, I, I would be like so deep in this sort of mental turmoil and I, I suddenly popped out in a really quiet moment. And there was this thought that occurred to me, which was, I wonder if just for now, if I can just focus on, if I can let go of these greater objectives, you know, writing books and, and coaching and all the stuff that I wanted to get around to eventually, what if I could just let all that go and just focus on staying alive just for now? Like, and just, you know, drop, basically drop my expectations and, and to let go of my story. So in other words, let go of my past, let go of my, the future that I'm trying to get into, letting go of what's wrong with everything that's wrong with the present moment that needs to be corrected. And what if I can just focus on existing and, and maintaining my own existence? And there was just this huge shift, like a very, very sudden shift. And, and, and all the hostility in my experience just evaporated. It was really, really cool. And, and it was like, wow, this is really nice. I can do that. This is something I can do. Just focus on maintaining my existence for another day. And then, and then eventually like, you know, that voice clicked back in like, no, no, that's not enough, not enough, not enough. And then, and then I went back into the turmoil. And so, but what, but there was something about that that impressed me, which was that it's, it's our sense of incompleteness and it's our sense of our personal story, our arc of redemption. And when I say our arc of redemption, I'm you know, I, I know you you know, you would, you would be the one to talk about this. I have no idea what I'm talking about when I say this, but, but just, you know, basically talking about this like sense of what's wrong with me and how like in the end, if I can finally correct everything that's bad about me, then all will be well. So, so coming out of that, it's like, and to have a vacation from one's personal story, it allow it, it's enough it allows us to reorient. It allows us to find new footing instead of just chasing the dragon or constantly being behind and trying to, you know, chase the day and trying to catch up with ourselves and catch up with our objectives. We can finally just, we can come out and then come back in and reestablish our footing. And it would just, and it would look something like this. It's like, okay, here I am. Here's what needs to get done. Here's how much time there is left. What kind of plan can I compose now and how far can I go with this? And it's fresh and there's a blank slate element about it that is essential for recovering morale. That's really interesting. Okay, so I've got a few things to say about that. First mm. thing um, I want to say, since we're since we're mentioning our, our previous battles with depression and stuff, I want to say to anyone listening who does have uh, mental health concerns of their own, most important thing is to uh, confide in uh, your loved ones, your friends, your family, um, and and don't be alone struggling with those things and seek help where you can. Definitely. In my case, it wasn't something I could just think my way out of. And thankfully, I found medication, which is which has ended up helping me. And that may be the case in your case as well. Or at least, you know, in, in you can find counseling, therapy, or even just friends that you can... Um, tell express how you're feeling it's very important not to struggle on your own and to bear in mind that these are real things and you can't always just think your way out of them so that's the first thing i want to say about definitely. about mental health like definitely pro for in fact for anything we say about productivity and self-improvement 
whenever uh, mental health comes up, I, I really want to stress you have to do your best to solve those things first, not on your own with outside help. It's uh, very important for for your own um, sanity, literally <laughs> for your own health. Please take care of yourself. Okay, and then coming back to what you're saying, I think that's very interesting. Uh, I have a lot of thoughts about that. So you're basically saying what a strategy might be uh, when you're when one is flagging in morale is to drop your expectations in yourself, your expectations for the day, and that way your your achievements will better line up with your expectation, your lowered expectations for yourself, and you can raise your morale that way. And the first thing I noticed there is that very much lines up with uh, what the advice I used to receive in therapy for, which is called um, CBT, Cognitive Behavioral Therapy, which is exactly that. It is to basically lower your expectations of yourself and make sure not to beat yourself up, basically, for not doing difficult things and make sure to give yourself kudos and credit for doing even simple things. Um, So uh, lower your expectations of yourself and uh, be happier with the results that you're able to achieve. And that's definitely a way of raising your own self-worth and self-belief, etc. So maybe I'm maybe I'm sort of struggling with this in a different way than I thought, because my feeling was, oh, I've had those CBT practices in the past, and maybe I'm still doing that to the extent that I've lowered my expectations of myself and I'm not able to achieve enough. But perhaps it's more like I'm, because I feel healthy and well otherwise, I'm still mentally expecting more of myself and as a result I'm undermining myself because because of my higher expectation expectations that are higher than perhaps they should be and perhaps it's better to kind of accelerate towards that from a lower a lower standard I don't think the the thing that I struggle with there is I don't think my expectations of myself are that high and uh, sometimes I think it's just a problem of kind of executive will of of being able to do the things you think of, you know, think of doing, to say, to to think of doing, you know, to think of watering the plants and then water the plants. There's there's a translation from thought into action there that I think maybe that's a muscle that I've just let atrophy and I need to build up again. That sort of discipline muscle of doing what you think of doing. But to another degree, in terms of solving the morale problem, it's definitely a bit of a vicious cycle when you when you flag when you drop in morale. And the vicious cycle is because you feel you feel like you haven't done enough and then that lowers your belief in your ability to do more, thus you do less, thus you feel again like you haven't done enough. And a way to get out of that vicious cycle perhaps is to dramatically lower, as you said, your expectations of yourself so that at least you escape this cycle of, of lowering your own self-worth. So perhaps just for one day you lower your expectations and you and you say to yourself well i did more than my low low expectations and so i can start feeling good about myself again right right well what makes it tricky when it when it comes to expectations and setting them exactly where they need to be because it you know this can be really tricky to say hey you know you should lower your expectations because like nobody wants to say that and nobody wants to hear it but the distinction i see is as follows you know, I speak to somebody like you or when I think about my own self or just like a lot of people, especially anybody listening to a self-improvement podcast. So like anybody who's listening right now, this would apply to you where we're all given visions of what's possible for ourselves. 
And that's kind of interesting. And it can be, it can often be very troublesome because we have this idea of what our lives could be like uh, in terms of what we could achieve, what we can accomplish. And we're also given visions in terms of what we're capable of doing. So like we see ourselves as able to, you know, to be at a certain level of productivity, a certain level of output, a certain level of daily accomplishment, a certain level of effort expenditure. But just because we know that it's possible for us, and it is, there's no argument there, it is possible, that doesn't mean it's possible right now. And that's the important distinction because we, there is a, there are, whereas we are essentially limitless in what we're able to do over the long term, like any sort of, you know, like the famous four minute mile being broken by whoever that person was. Like it's, you know, there's all sorts of limitations that we can break through and, and move on to new territory. We have limitations as they exist right now. And there's a certain cap on how much we're able to do over a day or over a week. And to just say that we're going to do more than what is possible for that day or for that week, it doesn't, it doesn't change the limitation for the time being. And so the only, when, when we set an expectation that is in this case, unrealistic, the only thing it creates is frustration and it doesn't do anybody any favors. And, and it's, it creates not, you know, you could say damage, but it, it, it delays us. It takes us out of commission for longer than it needs to when we set expectations that are too high and fail to meet them. And then we, you know, then we, we kind of fall out for a little bit while we recover. So far better I find is to spend more time. And this is, you know, whenever I speak with a client, it's always like, start where you are, start with what's actually possible and do that and then create a track record of saying that you're going to do something and then doing it so that you can get an actual real-time sense of what your limitations are so that you can begin to push your limitations outward. Yeah, that translation of thought into action is something I find very interesting and something I think I struggle with too much. Uh, it's that kind of executive action, um, executive well. I don't know if other people struggle with it as much as me. You know, we're all very individual, but um, sometimes I just struggle to... Uh, translate those ideas in my head into into actual actions you know ideas of actually doing something into the actual action of doing it and I don't know exactly why that is perhaps it's something I'll discover in the weeks as we as we talk about this and I'll, I'll make sure to let you all know okay well I, I guess that wraps up our discussion of morale um, for today at least uh, although i I'm sure I will continue to struggle with it but I've definitely learned something from talking to you Brent and it's made me feel better as it always does talking to you so thank you for that. Oh, thank you for that. So I thought I'd ask, uh, what are our three takeaways from um, this discussion on morale? Uh, I'll, I'll go with the first one, um, which I think is maybe it's not a takeaway. Maybe it's obvious already, but I would say morale is important. Morale is very important for many different things. Um, so it's worth uh, keeping in mind in terms of diagnosing why you're struggling in life or with tasks, etc. This is something to think about your own enthusiasm or determination, your sense of morale in the task at hand is important. And it may be the thing that might be, uh, might be causing a mental or physical block between you and achieving said goal. Brent, do you have a takeaway? Yeah, I'd say for number two, it would be in order to refresh your morale, take a moment to come out of your story, to withdraw from your story. So everything, you know, so again, all of it, everything that you're hoping to accomplish and everything you're hoping to complete in yourself, just 
take a moment and, you know, this is, I guess it's a meditative practice, but take a moment to just let everything go. Let everything go. And don't necessarily jump into something like a TV show where you're zoning out, but exist, like sit or lie down or, or stand there, whatever it is, and, and be still and just spend a minute or two existing outside of your story. And what that will do is it'll have sort of an effect that's similar to sleep where, you know, you, you can actually refresh and reset and reorient yourself and kind of come at the problems anew. So it's starting a mini week within the week. Yeah, I think that's a really good, a really good idea. Um, do you have a third takeaway? Yeah, third takeaway would be to adjust your expectations to meet what your level of ability currently is. Right. And stop mistaking your greater potential, your greater long-term potential for what you should be able to accomplish right now. And, and so going into, going into a day or going into a week, give yourself something that is, is actually expects very little of you, make damn sure you hit it, and then continue a track record from there. And that's how you can build up that momentum and have tons of executive will behind you to accomplish more things. Great. So those are our three takeaways for today. Um, morale is important, number one. Uh, number two, you can refresh your morale with a blank slate. And number three, adjust your expectations to your ability. I've definitely taken away something from today, and I'm definitely going to work on those things uh, throughout the rest of this week. So I would apologize for today's topic of me flagging and talking about my lack of morale, etc. But that's part of the point of this podcast, I think, uh, is to, I, I want to be honest about when I'm struggling to do things, and uh, then we can have a frank discussion about how to work on those things. And that's something... You're going to see as we go through this over over the course of uh, episodes, and hopefully you'll see me uh, figure out better and better ways to handle my various issues with handling my own workload and expectations of myself. Absolutely. And so, yeah, thank you for joining me on that, Brent. Yes, thank you too. The way I see that is that this podcast is going to be our laboratory for cultivating the style of thought, diving deeper into it, learning more. And, and we're in this together and, uh, and coming out of this, I expect a big thing. So, uh, so thank you also for this too. Yeah. And we want to include you, dear listener in the conversation as well. We would really love to hear from you on, on any of our topics, uh, on, on morale, how you struggle with morale, how you found a solution for your own morale problems. You can contact us by email. We're on Gmail, uh, the skyward spiral at gmail.com. And we're also on Twitter. Uh, where you can find us at skyward underscore spiral. Unfortunately, the skyward spiral is 15 letters, so it didn't quite fit. But skyward <laughs> underscore spiral is where you can find us on Twitter. You can find me personally on Twitter at dwhitechapel. And Brent, where can people find you online? You, yeah, my handle is at Brent the Coach. And you have a YouTube as well, right? That's right. Yeah, just uh, put in the search Brent Hearis and you'll find me. Uh, usually 20 to 25 minutes talks about telling people how to live their lives. It's a great time. Yeah, I like your YouTube channel, so I, I felt I had to plug it. Oh, appreciate it. Okay, great. Thanks very much for joining us today. We look forward to seeing you on the next episode of The Sky With Spiral. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Sky With Spiral. This show was edited by myself, and the musical themes are brought to you by Batchberg Music. 
Information and resources on today's topic can be found in the episode description. Please rate and review the podcast on your preferred podcast app. It really helps. See you next time.